Oh my god, oh my god, Zane! Oh my god. Ben, what's up? Oh my god, shut the door, shut the door! Oh, okay, what, what's going on, Ben? Oh, there's blood everywhere. Oh my god, it's all gone tits up, Zane. What, what, Ben, just... It's bad news out there, cal- it's such bad news. Calm down, what's happening? Oh my god, there's... There's like this giant flying thing, mantis thing. I don't even know what I'm looking at. We need help. We cannot oh. handle this on our own. Okay, let's let's get help. What, who- our Christmas party is ruined, Zane. Okay. Ruined. Okay, okay. We'll we'll take care of this. Who who should we call? <sighs> I don't get nine one one. But hold on, Ben. Is this an emergency? You're only supposed to call nine one one in an emergency. Well, I mean, like, well, uh, I don't know. I think I'd categorize it as an emergency. I mean, it's not. I don't know. Emergency is really not doing it justice. Okay. Well, well, what, how else would you describe it? I don't know. It's really strange. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Okay, so this this strangeness you're dealing with, is it in the neighborhood? I mean, Ghostbusters is on speed dial. Oh, no, 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 not this time. It's, it's much more localized than that. It's, it, just, it's just this block. It's just this house, really. Do you think that you need to send up a cry, like, both far and near? Because if you do, Underdog will show up. I honestly think that might be overkill. Just near would probably do it. Um, do you yeah. need um, Kim Possible? You can call her or beep her. This this really isn't in her wheelhouse. It's, it's a little bit too real. It's a little bit too... I mean, somebody's actually already died from it, and I don't know if she could actually handle anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do need someone powerful, though. So would you say that you're holding out for a hero? You can dial H for that. Well, it's not... It's not really a problem for heroes, but it is a problem. Hmm. This problem. How does it feel about shields? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know, uh, when Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. That is just, it's just trouble, okay? I don't know how to deal with it. Okay. It's just trouble. All right, calm down. Is, is it you who's in trouble? You know, if you're in trouble, you call DW. I mean, like, I guess in a in a general sense, I might be. In, it's it's more general than that. It's not specific to me. I, it's hard to describe. Well, Ben, when there's trouble, you know who to call. Oh, you talking about the Teen Titans? Mm-hmm. I already tried that. It just went to a Japanese voicemail. I guess we're on our own. <laughs> Suit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're never gonna get tired of that i don't think so didn't you say that you had recently introduced somebody to king arthur and the knights of justice yeah i just i just showed him the intro he was like i need to watch all of this right now i mean when i when i when i told somebody about king arthur and the knights of justice he proceeded to steamroll through three episodes just groaning constantly from his room and i'm like i warned you man what this groaning (laughs) Would you describe it as an emergency? (laughs) (laughs) 
absolutely would. The kind you need towels for. Uh, Zane, this was this has been a long time coming. Let's oh yeah. Get, let's get at it. <laughs> let's let's do this. All right. Hello, everyone. Our names are Ben and Zane. <laughs> Already times. off to a good start. We haven't gotten better at this. <laughs> oh, God, in 50 crawling. Episodes. We got it now. Now we're starting from the gutter and have to crawl our way back. <laughs> okay, wonderful. One ball down. We, we we don't need two balls to win this match. Uh, this is the Carton Cast. We review old cartoons, see what we think of them as adults. Yeah, Carton Cast Metrion Zinthos, y'all. Gross. Where does y'all come from? <laughs> I feel like they say y'all a fair bit. Yeah, I think that was Warranty Rat. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Cat R. Wall. Cyborg definitely says y'all. <laughs> now I can't stop thinking about a cyborg marionette. <laughs> I think... <laughs> like, from uh, being John Malkovich, what if, like, instead of the puppet theater that John Malkovich does at the end, when that other guy's inside of his mind, he just does a bunch of, like, little cyborg puppets instead? Was John Malkovich a Pokemon in that movie? Uh, he might as well have been. He was easily controlled by literally everyone in his world. Mm-hmm. And he fought other famous stars in Hollywood. And they all just kept saying his name. Yeah, I think he had like an element alignment type advantage against Bill Murray, mm. but it was a close one. <laughs> uh. All right. And, and phrase. Zane, <laughs> we're talking about Teen Titans today. Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Um. So, disclaimer, this is not the relatively new show, Teen Titans Go, which we will talk about tangentially because it relates to this, but what we are referring to is the earlier Teen Titans, which, uh, Zane, tell us the production. Yeah, so this this. Teen Titans ran on Cartoon Network and the WB from 2003 to 2006 for five seasons. Um, It is, of course, based on the comics, but it specifically draws from a run in the 80s called the New Teen Titans, in which things started getting more dark and serious rather than campy now i i don't i couldn't really figure out this name was there an old teen titans so i mean the original teen titans was way back you know once you know in like the 60s with like robin and speedy and aqualad basically all the junior versions and then (laughs) in the new teen titans it was basically like these young heroes and that's where you got cyborg beast boy all the all the classic um Ones that we think of The young heroes who spent all their off time brooding. Well, it was a really... Or is an alien. It was a really dark, um, really dark uh, uh, run of the series. You know, Raven was there and she had that troubled past. They actually toned it down a bit for this show, which this show got pretty dark. Most of the time they toned it down. Sometimes it peeks through a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I I do remember uh, reading up on some of the lore of this. There were some very, very serious plot lines. I mean, they can't say die in this. Because, uh, you know, cartoon for kids back whenever this was made. When was mm-hmm. it made? I forget. Uh, two, 2003 to 6. There you go. So I guess, like, the network that it was on uh, couldn't couldn't say... It, it, it's the classic never say die rule, mm-hmm. which is usually in effect for stuff like this. Um, but, you know, there was there was tons of murder and betrayal and, and shit like that. And yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, overt sexual crimes, if I'm not mistaken. There were a few of those, and they were actually more overt in the comics. Yeah, that Slade Terra thing, I remember being real, real creepy when I looked it up. Well, I, I remember reading 
that whole plot line, the the Judas uh, contract, I think it was called, and it was um it was actually one of my favorite runs. But that's where we introduced, you know. Jericho, who was uh, Slade's son, it was I when I just started looking at Jericho and was just perplexed about the entire ordeal. Yeah, I'm like, oh great, finally a hero with a fro and sideburns. <laughs> yeah, um, this is the part you were born to play, baby. And um, this it was the plot line where Robin became Nightwing for the first time. Um, yeah, they they have a like a little Beast spoiler Boy got a lot of character development. So that, Beast Boy got a ton of character. I'm, development. I'm so glad that they like used that as a highlight promptly, of the series, and then promptly turn into the biggest beta you can imagine <laughs> in the entire run of Teen Titans. <laughs> it's actually kind of infuriating looking back on it. Yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah. so it, it it did spawn that offshoot offshoot you mentioned, Teen Titans Go. It actually went from you know the original comics to this show to its own comic based off of the show to the show Teen Titans Go, which I, th- I think is meant to be more of like a comedic what they do in their downtime between more serious things. Well, yeah, it, it's... um. So there's a, th- this actually has precedent elsewhere. Um, I'm not sure if you ever watched uh, Naruto. Not really. There's a weird spinoff of Naruto called Rock Lee's Springtime of Youth. I don't know what to do with that information. It's exactly... It, it it is to Naruto what Teen Titans Go is to the new Teen Titans comic book series. It's really hard for me to like imagine it's that <laughs> gulf in seriousness to non seriousness. Did you did you look up any of the Teen Titans Go? I, I didn't I didn't want to. I, I found I, I watched an episode and understood it, but did not condone its behavior. I found like a clip of it that lasted a minute, and it consisted of Robin doing like a booty dance so that Beast Boy would give him bees. Now, I won't just give you bees, but I will give you the opportunity to earn them. That's all I want. Good. You can get started right away. Dance for me, peasant! You gonna make him dance for bees? This is gonna be good. Now dance! (laughs) Quest complete. It had a song. I'll try and cut it in. (laughs) Okay, great. I just didn't know what that's about. It's Robin's B dance. Robin's B dance. It's it's, it's part of Batman training. (laughs) I think the song was like, dance for bees. (laughs) <laughs> you said that like it was sung by the Monster Rancher rapper. Unlock your bees. <laughs> Dance for bees. Oh man, you got You'll never see him coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but the, uh, this the is show... actually yeah. So, um, like I was saying, it's uh, it, it does have that spinoff that's less, much less serious and is targeted toward a younger demographic. But in fact, uh, Teen Titans was originally pitched as what eventually became Young Justice, mm. um, which is a relevant example to compare this to. Um, and there's a couple things that I think are important differences between the two, but they're both very, very strong shows for agree. kind of the reasons that you said is they like they took the aspects of the comic books worth telling and left the camp behind. Yeah, more and or they, less. They, they showed these characters as, you know more realistic portrayals of what a kid a teenager with superpowers in the shadow of these great figures how they would act how they would interact with each other how they all have like these chips on their shoulders and yeah uh, and how they're completely unequipped to actually like yeah do crime solving like yeah. this is the this is like a this entire show is like batman's thesis for getting kids out of fighting crime <laughs> like like they can they should clearly not be fighting crime if they can't like solve their emotional conflict about the difference between what is a friend and what is a girlfriend and almost die because of it. Sure. Batman must have, like, a spray for that, but, I mean, 
the problems just pile up like that so fast. Zane, what's the plot about? I mean, it's it's what you hear. It's about a team of uh, teenage superheroes who fight crime in Jump City. Um, they don't, you know, like you say, it's very different from Batman. They're not going out searching and and trying to find things. They no, they, they wait for something to explode. To they wait for something to explode at their doorstep. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's it's a bit Kim Possible esque in that fashion. She mm-hmm. doesn't go looking for trouble, but she's she's the one that everyone calls. Um, in the same way, the, the the Titans are just kind of gonna show up when when troubles in their city, specifically just their city or outer space, one of the two, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this uh, the show kind of followed a specific number of the, I guess, the more adaptable arcs of the comics, right? So you have um, a couple arcs on Deathstroke the Terminator, whom they renamed just as his first name Slade, because Deathstroke the Terminator is <laughs> a little bit heavy even for this show. Yeah. His name is Deathstroke, and he terminates. Yeah. There's, there's very little wiggle but, room in but that. But when you think about just the name Slade, it sounds kind of like... It still sounds menacing. It I does, thought, like, but like, what if his name I was Jeff? Because I got used to it. What's that? What if his name was Jeff? Eugene. <laughs> Eugene the Terminator. Eugene, pick up your one-eyed mask. <laughs> um, yeah, so they have, you know, the Slade arc. They have the Terra arc. Um, Trigon, uh, the you know, the devil oh, figure. Oh, I've got shit to say about Trigon. They have the Brotherhood of, of Doom? Evil? Something. Evil. Brotherhood of Evil with uh, with the whole Doom Patrol Doom crossover. Patrol, yeah. That was actually, there was a fifth season that they decided to do because it was such a popular show, and it really got into the whole Brotherhood of Evil arc, Did you ever, which I thought was one of the stronger arcs. Yeah. Did you ever read um, Doom Patrol? I don't read comics, Zane. Yeah. I don't have the patience or the wherewithal to purchase There's them. a character named Danny the Street. <laughs> he he is an, like a spirit that inhabits inanimate objects. Oh, that's sweet. So, like, he used to be Danny the Brick, and then he, like, leveled up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand that. They they had a lot of weird stuff going on in that that comic. There's there's this comic book called The Authority. I think I might have showed you it once. Yeah, you did. It's it's a Warren Ellis project, which basically has what if the JLA was just in charge of the whole world because everybody trusts them that much, and they just assume a mantle of political power. And it has a character in it. Which is, and I'm quoting here, the first urban human. And okay, I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing. What does that mean? And his his, his powers are so ill defined. He can like possess city environments. It never makes any sense. Oh, he's a, he's in city mancer. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He like melds into the bricks, and they tell him things. It's weird. The I feel like a lot of the like political, you know what if superheroes did more in like interacting with the real world i feel like that's the only those are the only good comics anymore well i mean we're we're so used to the regular kind of style of comic yeah um, sure which is a good which is a good segue because uh the way they used to do things was have um at, at least in my more archaic comic memory is they would a lot of them kind of focus on one superhero mhm and whenever they do that i find it very boring um, just because, kind of necessarily, like, there's only so far you can go in any one given direction. Like, Batman is, like, the most complex you can get, and most everybody is not as complex as Batman. And Batman <laughs> still gets old pretty quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the- um, we, we found this in Batman Beyond as well. The most interesting part of that 
was old Bruce Wayne getting getting upset at this young whippersnapper taking his place. Right. And that's where this shine uh, this show really shines is um you know when you see them having to interact and grow, it's not so much them fighting Oh my god, I'm going to say this. Not them fighting the enemy, but them fighting themselves. Yeah, more <laughs> or less. And you know, you have to you have to make a lot of mental allowances for that to even work like where do they get their money? How how is their PR campaign? Um, I was, you know, is there any vie for leadership? But if you let it all go, it is basically it, it's a very relatable sort of uh, sort of ensemble cast. Well, I, w- I was more hung up on the fact that like a surprising number of plot lines involve a titan joining or appearing to join a villain's side, and it makes you wonder why they don't do you know mental health checks a little more regularly. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very unbalanced. They're not going to be well mentally adjusted, Zane. Like we see this in some cartoons where they have to relearn the same lessons. No, it's the nature. It makes sense here because it's the nature of a young hero who's been through a traumatic past that uh, that they are mentally unbalanced. They yeah, they all do have traumatic pasts. Neat, every single one. Every one um, of them. Yeah, and I think that's what makes them good heroes. Like you can have like a young Superman kind of show up. Like, and yeah, he has a traumatic past, but who cares anymore? <laughs> but uh, the 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 opposite end of the spectrum, as opposed to a Batman Beyond, is a um, is a Batman Within, Young Justice season two, or a Justice League Unlimited, or one of those things. Now, in those shows, you have an ensemble cast which like ex- span over twenty characters. I think that's also incorrect. It can be hard to to navigate that many differences. Um, I have read, you know, comic books where there's these huge rosters, and what generally happens is, you know, you have two or three character, um, you know, spotlight episodes, issues, and then once a year or so you get this big thing where they're all involved. Yeah, the splash splash image against Thanos. Yeah, and um, and it can be hard to juggle, but the, the best ones do it really nicely, and you can get that sort of character development and plot development both. Yeah, but when you necessarily shear the cast down to, like, five people anyway, it makes more sense to just start with five people, simply because, like, I don't know about you, but when I was watching, like, Justice League Unlimited or something, the only ones I really cared about watching were the ones that I had seen in Justice League, uh, the the first Justice League show, the one that was, like, limited to seven characters, because I already knew them. But the new format, <laughs> the new format doesn't, like, help me learn, like, what... Who the fuck is Booster Gold? Oh, Ben. Booster- I don't learn anything about, Let me tell you about <laughs> Booster Gold. Booster Gold was from the 30th century. No, the 20th. 20- Wait, what? Which century? He was from the 25th century. He was a pro football player. He, <laughs> he, he had a football scandal. He became a janitor. He stole a flight ring. He went back you know, in time. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I talked about Booster See, Gold. I'm sorry I, I like, him up. I liked Justice League Unlimited because I knew all of those characters. I, I guess that's true. If you're coming from... Uh, as a fan of all these characters and just get to see them in this new format. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's probably pretty And this show works because they establish the main five very quickly and you rarely have a time where you have too many new people to deal with. Except in the, the fifth well, season they, where they're just like, here's everybody. The thing is they bleed them in very slowly if they're allies and they bleed them in very quickly if they're villains. And since you don't really need to care about the villains for the most part, um, it's not a big deal that you're getting hit with them all at once. It also helps that a lot of the villains are just, I'm big, I smash. I, I love that there's like eight of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I wish they all had combined at some point. I th- they just did. Like, 
Just like Cinderblock combines with Mammoth, combines with... I no, don't there even was... Know, um, know. They, they, when they were fighting Slade that one time, it was uh, Cinderblock, uh, Plasmus, and Over... Overload. Overload all combined into one big monster. So dumb. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, that's basically the plot. And I think what I'm going to focus on for a lot is the... What is the right size cast? Um... And I don't know about you, I think that this show has a leg up on Young Justice, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as much of a leg up as I had thought. Yeah, I I didn't think that it was better. I think so now, but it might just be because I picked out the episodes I knew I wanted to watch. Yeah, like Haunted. Uh, oh, I didn't see that, but but I knew, you know. Oh, so good, Zane. It's so good, though. But I um, w- one of the things that this show does really well that I think helps us you know, helps endear us to the characters is the drama builds and each season has its own character based plot arc where, you know, you get an episode toward the beginning where it establishes what the big conflict will be, one in the middle to move things along, and then like a two or three episode like big finish. Yeah, and it's not consistent throughout. It's not as though in the second season it's cyborg time all the time. But oh, no. like that that is Although it should be the, Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> That is the way that the arc tends to focus, and it gives us a couple of spots elsewhere, but I, I think you're definitely right for the for the most part. It's not a cut-and-dried formula. No. Like, I don't think I remember any arc focusing on Starfire for more than, like, an episode. Yeah. But, I, but I think what they did write in Teen Titans um, was to space it out, and I think they built that very well. In uh, Young Justice, I think they were a little hard getting in at the beginning, and I think they they put too much into the uh, plot arcs in the second season. Honestly, my favorite part of Young Justice was watching uh, what Red Arrow was doing. I thought he I thought he was the coolest, like just because he's like a lone wolf and plays by his own rules, but he doesn't forget where he came. <laughs> oh, from. he just like shows up occasionally. He <laughs> just shows up occasionally to be to uh, occasionally to be the cool guy. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else has to work for it, but he just like waits until the appropriate plot moment comes along. He's like. They need me now. Okay, yeah. I was just passing through and boxing glove arrow. <laughs> so I, I think that's my favorite kind of arrow. It's so impractical. <laughs> like, what is it that doing that a normal arrow isn't? It. Hmm. What are you fighting skeletons? <laughs> also, I mean, I the whole point sometimes. of the boxing glove is that it's like it's got a large surface area so that it doesn't hurt. And it's padded. Yeah. Well, actually, the the purpose of the boxing glove is to protect your fingers more than the other guy's face. Your arrow fingers. Your arrow fingers. Yeah, it makes even less sense now. Why did I open my mouth? So, um, but like let's you talk said, about the characters. Yeah, like you said, the main five are are these sort of more iconic uh, characters. I think the show wanted to let the kids project themselves onto their favorite. Oh, yeah, totally. So they picked ones which don't really have alternate identities. No, they're they're pretty archetypical. Um, they're all cool in their own ways, so you don't feel like a jackass for liking them. But that, like you know. Beast Boy used to be my favorite because he was king of the betas, and now I've kind of outgrown that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that somebody on the Facebook page said that their that their favorite was uh, Raven, um, clear, clearly for all the emos. But uh, again, that that like Beast Boy, that one just kind of doesn't bear out over time. You kind of feel embarrassed about it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after but, after you grow up. But everybody does have a favorite, um, and it works well because they they have those spotlight episodes where. Oh no! The other four members just just can't hack it against this one villain, but you can. So <laughs> by yourself, yeah, that, I mean that's that's clearly an allowance that one must make for. Uh, they do it really well for like the you format. Don't, you for the team to not format. think about it too much. 
uh, you know, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, it stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Like, well, they, they usually killed Cinderblock all as a team, but now Cyborg's the one to take him down. What, what exactly happened since last time? And now there's five Cinderblocks, so Beast Boy can take him down. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, a matter of them needing to focus on a character and letting that drive the plot, as opposed, like, with an ensemble cast in a superhero setting. You need to let the narrator tell you who's important. Mm. You can't just you can't figure it out on your own. Because if you were trying to figure it out on your own, oh, Beast Boy and Raven kill everything because they're <laughs> overpowered. They're OP as shit. Robin never gets screen time because why would he? But you know it, it, that's that's not the way these shows work, mm-hmm. and they can't work like that. So you you do have to like allow for that um, that necessary breakdown in logic it's like you were talking about that one time when you were saying how you know superman's way stronger but maybe aquaman plays a pivotal role yeah until you like think about it in a rational non-story context and you're like superman can travel almost at the speed of light faster than the speed of light in some circumstances (laughs) if he tries really hard able to do everything (laughs) so for superhero um, stories, especially when they have such a strong history and you know all of their abilities, you just you just have to let the narrator tell you what's important. Yeah. And why don't you tell us who's important? Okay. Well, um, I guess let's start breaking down the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with Robin. I, I think that's the most reasonable place to start. He's um, the leader. Um, he's the leader of the bunch. You know him well. He's he wants Scott Menville. so badly to be Batman that he's starting to take on his growling characteristics. Yeah, he, he's played by Scott Menville, who we saw as Zach on Carmen Sandiego. Um, and yeah, he, he is trying so hard to be brooding. I remember there's this great... He, he's like Zuko from Avatar The Last there's Airbender. There's this great moment in an episode where it shows the Titans all relaxing and like Raven's, Raven's reading a book, Cyborg and Beast Boy are fighting over a video game, and Robin's just grimacing at a stereo that's blasting rap music (laughs) he's just looking at it really angrily (laughs) what does it mean (laughs) i have to find the killer (laughs) yeah i um yeah he's he is interesting but that's like i don't know I don't. I don't know quite what this archetype, in, like this high school archetype, is supposed to be. His power level more than anybody else is very context specific. But I, I um, actually found that he was like most of the time he's undisputed king of the world despite having no powers. Like he's the one who usually can deal a blow on the villain if no one else can. But I, I like Robin in terms of his uh, relationship to Slade. I think that makes his character way more interesting whenever he's dealing uh, yeah, with Slade. Well, it wouldn't be except that you remember his Batman history. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because, like, so I know in the JLA, Batman continually talks about, uh, or actually even in Young Justice, you also see Batman's perspective, where Batman's like, I don't want him to turn out like me. And Slade is like, I want him to be my son <laughs> because the Teen Titans killed my other son and the other one went off to run to, to Burning Man to get his hair dyed blonde. <laughs> I he just looked up the information on Jericho. Looks That's beautiful. all I could piece together. <laughs> He's so beautiful. But uh, but that contrast is really apparent. So, um, and, and yeah, just, just the need... Like, I, I guess it's, like, the need to have someone, like, a, par- a parental figure be proud of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it would have been interesting if we ever had um, 
if we had like a leader fracture story arc, which sometimes happens between him and Cyborg a little bit with the Titans East and all oh, that. Yeah. And he's clearly equipped to be the leader here most of the time. <laughs> what do you what do you mean? Sometimes he's a straight up dick. <laughs> oh yeah, when when he when he's just like, "No, we have to stop him." It's like, dude, like he we have to literally dead. <laughs> he literally fell into lava. He's he's dead, dude. Like <laughs> like leave you're, it. Also, you're kind of being a dick right. It's like, now. "No, he's up to something." <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Um and and what, you believe what I find it. Really f- I'm sorry, go ahead. You you believe it because Slade is is like He's, he's done just s- that OP. He's done so well. He's voiced by Ron Perlman, who's a Hellboy. Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't even notice that. He's a very Slade is a very. Let's start. Let's talk about Slade real quick because of such, he's such an effective villain. Oh yeah, because he he like he's a clear you know physical threat, but he prefers the manipulator role, and he just like sinks into the shadows. Yeah, and he's never not completely calm. Yeah. Which, if you want to, if you want to talk about like the differences between him and Robin, Robin loses his cool because he's a fucking kid. Yeah, constantly. Slade never does, and it's awesome. It's always awesome. I love it when Slade wins. I love it when, uh, like, Slade puts nanobots in the other Titans' blood and forces yeah. Robin to become his apprentice. You didn't do that because it was a good idea. Like his plot line is that he wants to kill the titans you see so earlier in the season no he just then he figures he, out that he could do he this and he's like just, nah this seems cool he just wants to mess with robin and then <laughs> and then robin does the just mind games robin. he's like i'm gonna infect myself <laughs> now you'll have to kill me too it's like why do you think that will work <laughs> it shouldn't have worked but uh you know slate is like eh, credit well credit is due okay well played <laughs> props well to you well played titan well played robin i saw her first and he keeps on dying Clarice. and coming back to life, which is also true to the comic. <laughs> He's probably one of the better villains for the Titans to rally against yeah. because of how, how adult he is and how friendless he is. It just It's just there to build the contrast really well, which is nice. And I like that they can build the stakes um, like by threatening the other Titans because in a lot of the episodes, the threat is not really threatening people. What do you mean? Like, all the threats are against the Titans. No one's ever like, oh, I'm going to kill this person or that person. It's like, I will destroy no, this. I'll, Cardiac did. I'll destroy the city. He's trying to eat those little girls. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I love the dumb one-off villains also, that just, like, introduce the plot every time. He's just a giant heart. <laughs> he's just a giant heart machine. Zane, can we talk about the one-off stupid villains that just introduce the plot okay. before a more serious person shows up? So this is the great thing, is sometimes they fight, like, demons, <laughs> and other times they fight really wacky villains, like a, a wizard who can't stop making magic puns. Or a s- motorcyclist! <laughs> or some old British guy who's upset that not everyone is as British as he is. Okay, so check who, it out. Way, he's a guy. Who, he's a guy. He's, 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 you know, down on his luck. He's got this girlfriend... Oh, wait, his head is actually a spider. <laughs> villain. That's a good villain. By the way, did you Team realize... Team Titans should fight that villain. <laughs> did you realize that Mad Mod is voiced by uh, Malcolm McDowell? <laughs> not only did I not know, I'm really upset. Yeah, the spider head guy. There's, um, you know, anybody's oh, brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anybody's brother? What does that mean? Like, if you have a relation to the Titans, they're going to be a villain. <laughs> Control freak. Oh, control freak. Oh man, the puppet king. Puppet king got his own episode. Um, 
Yeah, so the the villains in this... <laughs> They're so stupid. I love how dumb they are. They they show up at the beginning and end, and it's like, we got them. <laughs> yeah, there's no mid-level villains. <laughs> so, it, it's all shitbirds or, like... World enders. Or, like, arc threats. That's all it is. Uh, it's so great in the fifth season when they all come together, and you realize, you get to see them one after another, like, how ridiculous they all are. Ding like, dong, daddy's gonna get his due. You're just an old guy with a cane. What are you going to do? You are a puppet, and you are the size of a puppet, and have the powers of a puppet. Which you, is you can fight a small a boy who has lost his powers <laughs> and suck at it. They fight a brain in a jar. That's a main villain. Well, he's got that big. He's got that big uh, French ape. So you know that's something. Every descriptor of a villain in this show is. I, I really, I actually just really like describing Teen Titans, and we'll get back to it in the tone part. But like, the way the villains are actually reflect the way the show is, which is it very, it it very well establishes what it's doing, mm-hmm. whether it's going to be drama or comedy, and doesn't doesn't half-ass it. <laughs> yeah, and it's very good at both. It's good. It's very at good both. at both, but it, it, it does it explicitly. One thing explicitly at a time. It's so explicit that they uh, they show you in the intro what it's going to be. Yeah, they lampshade it because it's it's all it's that Japanese uh, it's the Japanese version. Whenever yeah. like Robin from an alternate dimension shows up to, to, to yeah. make shit go wild, the theme song is in English normally, and if it's a comedic episode, it's in Japanese. Um, which is like that's brilliant. But who knew about that? Really. <laughs> Also, you, you mentioned, you know, Robin from another universe coming in. How many how many episodes of this are about somebody, some weird person coming in and altering reality? Well, I actually didn't keep a running tally. You want to you wanna pull up the statistics board? I would say between a third and half. <laughs> You're very critical of, of the statistics here. I don't think it's that bad. Ben, you might be right. They're always going into somebody else's universe or having somebody change theirs. Or well, Sometimes they're just in outer space, Zane. That's still our space. universe. They're in a book. They're in hell. They're well, in that, TVs. Now, that, now that, was very, that was very arc-specific. Mm-hmm. Allowances can be made for main plot arcs. Fine. Um, um, okay, let's let's keep going down the characters. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that we talk about all of them, but I don't want to get hung up on anyone. Mm-hmm. So we have Starfire. Which is, uh, more than anything, this character takes all the serious out of the show. Yeah, Starfire, you know... Isn't she voiced by Hinden Walsh? Yeah, Penny from Chalk Zone and uh, Princess Bubblegum. Starfire... Uh, Actually, a similar role as Penny. Yeah, very similar. But but Starfire, you know, she has the least characterization, probably, and she is the only character who doesn't get her own season-long plot arc. Yes, and her, basically, just to just to remind everyone of her power, she can fly. She's got energy bolts, and like they're they're fueled by her emotion. Which, yeah. By the way, both of the women characters have powers based on their emotion. Did you mm-hmm. find that sexist at all? Uh, no, but only because I wasn't paying attention to them because I thought they were the most boring characters. Although, which probably says something sexist about me. Now that I'm thinking about it, all of the characters, get more powerful when they're angry. Uh, up and up until a certain point, at which point they are beaten. Right, but then they get angry later, and it like <laughs> I don't know, like they just needed time to reboot. Why is the show so good then? <laughs> Why is it so formulaic, Zane? <laughs> um, but Starfire has this sort of um, speech impediment. Yeah, you could call it that. She's not familiar <laughs> with your strange Earth customs, and, yeah, and doesn't use little, contractions. And honestly, like, it's a little bit too cutesy. Shall, for me. shall we rock the roll? 
Let's are kick more the savage butt. than a Gyarbathian ear scrawl. Yeah, she goes into Tamaranian occasionally. Like, uh, yeah, but like, it's not just alien gibberish. It's explicitly like, hey, guess what? These are alien monsters gibber- gibberish. And th- honestly, this is probably the biggest character departure from the comics. I remember in in the in the comics, she was a very uh, dangerous looking gal. Uh, like she, she was she was a pretty dire figure. I mean. She was like a she's a princess of this warrior race from space, and she was you know captured and enslaved for years. She's gonna be pretty badass. Yeah, and that's how she started in the um in the flashback episode, and I liked her a lot more in that. I didn't I didn't watch that one this time around. Yeah, it was pretty good. She just kind of went ape shit and hit a bunch of stuff, and then Robin was like, "You should be nice," and she's like, "Oh, you're my, so hunky, twelve year old boy." My genitals are vibrating. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> somebody gonna pick that up somebody gonna get that well he's all mysterious like what are what's behind that mask sunglasses it's probably like scott summer eyes right i don't know like maybe it's laser vision you, who knows you think he'd use it more often no man that would just make him like slade or something but um leave me alone yeah she has like very robotic alien speech like in the whole i don't understand this love you speak of dave sort of way i'm afraid i can't let you do that cyborg yeah that's right the, uh, she, and, and I don't like it. No, it it doesn't really add much. She's the sort of like baseline. Don't forget, guys, we're friends. Let's let's all work together. And... She's definitely the heart of the team. Yeah, which if we all recall, heart is the least useful. Uh, except for the um. Well, I mean, she's the least effective in combat, but that's just uh, that's just because the narrative focus diverges away from her, and whoever has the narrative focus gets like a hundred times more powerful. And I, I think the reason that her character lacks development is because she's the only one who's fulfilling this sort of, you know, optimistic and otherworldly niche that if if she developed, she would kind of lose it. I, I don't actually mind her character. I just don't it's think not interesting. that it's much fun to look at. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's a good part of the team. Yeah. And something about her just makes me want to give her a hug. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, she's very bubbly. Like, well, here's the thing. Everybody else is super brooding. She gets over <laughs> the brooding very, very quickly. She's like, mm, I'm away from my home planet, but cotton, cotton candy is pretty rad. Um, and there's fungus everywhere. Like, <laughs> I, I could make a life here. So she just, she, she's very everywhere. excited. <laughs> there's fungus everywhere, Zane. That's true in this Simply show. Simply everywhere. Be- because of her ex- inexperience with Earth, um, she has no problem hiding her emotions which is something else that something that all the earthlings specifically the the young superheroes do on a regular basis Mm -hmm. so it's pretty easy to empathize with her yeah she she's wearing her emotions on her sleeve whereas everyone else is deliberately trying to avoid that also she has no sleeves and a midriff uh she has almost no clothes (laughs) in fact again it was worse in the comics (laughs) i oh i know (laughs) she had like a hooker outfit not even no, she just had. She was naked most of the time, wasn't she? A, a good percentage. <laughs> good percentage. Hey Zane, do you remember that episode where she? Uh, We're talking like a alien... half to two thirds. Zane, Zane, do you remember that episode where that alien called her the N word? No. And then she and Cyborg had a bro down about how awesome it is to be black. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where she's like, she's "Have so you ever been? Had, have you ever been judged by your appearance?" And Cyborg's like, "Yeah, of course I have. Look at me. I'm a pause, robot. Pause. Pause." <laughs> They, they they look at me and see a robot. Oh. <laughs> We're sensitive. 
<laughs> We're sensitive to being called robots. Which, by the way, a lot of the villains who show up or, or like one-off heroes who are from a different part of the world are generally very stereotypical. Yeah, what is it like? Uh, Hotspot, I know, is a black dude. There's Bushido, who's oh yeah, uh, Asian stereotype. Panther. I don't like know a what exactly Argent is. Oh man, I love Panther. <laughs> Panther's great. Panther's so funny. I I love Mas and Manos. Mas and Manos y Podemos. The um, yes, we can. That would have yes. been great on the like, Obama stickers, like C Podemos. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't? Oh my god, that'd been amazing. Can somebody make this? I'm looking. Can it someone up. Like, like that's that's a great like um. That 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 that'd be a great like t- crossover commercial where they're just like putting up those uh, putting up those signs on everyone's lawn at super speed. Nice, and they just cross their arms. Massimino, uh, si Podemos. I'm gonna look this up. You um, you you tell Bate us about Cyborg. Um, I would be happy to talk to you about Cyborg. Cyborg is my favorite character. I know. <laughs> Booyah. Um, so. And the reason that I love him so much is because even when he's he's the focus of the show, he becomes no more serious. <laughs> like he gets one line about how it is to be black and or metal, but that's that's more or less like a side point <laughs> with him. He's like, oh man, all this brooding is getting me down. Where's some ribs? Oh, man, I'm super hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta hurt. Oh someone. my car. <laughs> He's, he's the black cop from Jumanji occasionally. Do you remember when he went undercover at the uh, Hive Academy? Oh, I watched that show. And, that, I watched that episode. That was awesome. And replaced himself with a robot that just kept Booyah! screaming, Booyah! <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> like, even when he's not him, he's the comic relief. Yeah. He, uh, he's the I, advanced I, comic <laughs> relief. He's not the wacky jump around guy, but he's so funny. Oh my god! In that one, in that same episode, uh, everybody's staring at him, and he's like, "Okay, just play it cool." And then he takes a big whiff of the plate that he has, and he's like, mm, <laughs> "Sloppy Joe's, just like the mad scientist who created me used to make." And everyone goes back to what they're doing, like, "Yeah, it checks out." <laughs> Whew, that was a close one, but um... <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, whenever we're we're looking at him, it's usually him talking about how he wishes he wasn't a robot. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Whenever it is very obvious that he's a robot, those are my favorite parts. And he gets this character arc in season three where he starts leading the Titans East. Mm, yeah, that's right. So it, it's neat because it kind of expands, you know, the roster of heroes that we're dealing with so that they can, you know, if they're hard up for an episode idea, they can just like, here's some more heroes that we've established. You're more familiar with them. We can we can do that character building thing again without having to deal with these pricks. What's interesting is I, I, I. What's interesting about Cyborg, I think, is that he has an easier time just kind of going off on his own adventures. Yes, he he's... like every, most of the other plot lines are all about the teams Titans interacting with each other, and he almost very he very rarely actually does that. Cyborg he almost never does. Cyborg that. and to a lesser extent, Robin are are really the only one man teams because Cyborg is the smart guy. He's the big and he's strong also guy. Wicked strong, yeah. He is the comic relief, but he can also be very serious. Like he's the perfect single player option. When there's trouble, you know what to do. Call Cyborg. He can shoot a rocket from his shoe. Cause he's Cyborg. Doodle doodle, something like that. Oh yeah. Na na na. Also, whenever you follow him around, there's always, like, a self-imposed time limit because he's battery-powered. Yeah, which automatic, you know, automatic uh, danger. danger Automatic tension, yeah, totally. 
And we all know how batteries work, so like you don't even have to explain that. <laughs> yeah, batteries are simple. What is this <laughs> strange metal man? He he literally has a huge battery pack in his like that just plugs into his back, complete with one of those positive and negative terminal things. Yeah. When he's like powering down the tower to use as more firepower in his arsenal. It's so goofy. I love Sometimes he puts rockets in his shoes or like his hand will detach and be a little camera with that like spin around finger. He doesn't use oh, these so powers cool. as often as he should. He's usually just blasting things with his laser cannon. Would I mean granted, like Zane, imagine you're walking around, <laughs> okay. you're doing your normal thing, okay? walking around and you're like oh shit that uh that that kid is gonna is 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 tying up this cat he's tying like little sandbags to his feet in the way that cats hate i assume and you know it's just a real bad time okay i've got my verbs i could run toward him and start yelling okay i could physically throw something at the kid i could use this arm that transforms into a laser then which one are you gonna go with laser arm yeah, and it doesn't even need to be a violent situation. I feel like you, you, if you have a, if you have a circumstance which could conceivably be solved with laser arm, you use laser arm every time. I, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, I'm super not. Zane, do you remember that one time when he went into the past and became a barbarian warrior? I was gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> this is Cyborg's character all over. And then the they're, they're he's like, I, I can't recharge my battery, and they hook him up to a water <laughs> mill, Huge like fucking a water wheel, a water wheel, and he's like just barely powered enough. And he's like, I can't fight like this, and they're like, Wear a suit of armor and wield a sword, you badass. <laughs> Here's a sword, you huge metal man. <laughs> I love any sort of, like, other character that has these little functionalities that are, like, you wouldn't think about needing. <laughs> yeah. Like, the just little, like, springs or, or gadgets or a watch or, or this little power meter. Also, if he sees anything, he can just open up his arm and instantly identify what it's about. Yeah, this thing on my wrist. <laughs> in this way that makes no sense. The, uh, what's also awesome about the fact that he's mostly circuits is that, uh, he gets a lot of like animation style humor. Mm. Like uh, they, they do do that a lot. We'll get to it, I think. But um, specifically, Cyborg is very yeah. easy to do it with because his 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 circuitry is so like context sensitive. Yeah, he's so iconic already. Like the, when he's like confused word. or something. Like sometimes, like there this little the the circuitry in his forehead forms a question mark leading down to the dot that is his red eye. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just like what what I. What what show am I even watching right now? Um, he's voiced by uh, Carrie Payton, who was Aqualad in Young Justice. Yeah, and he's actually cyborg for pretty much everything, like including the games. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he's cyborg in uh in Justice Gods Among Us, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, and he sounds awesome. Um, and it stands to mention all of these voice actors also do these characters in the Teen Titans Go uh, spinoff. They do, they do, which is weird because this is, I mean, this this character is one that could fit in a comedic setting, but I don't know about Robin. I mean, they're all good voice actors, but we talked about in, um, in, uh, in, I want to say Doc Brown Adventures, but I know that's not right. Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in, the in thrilling the adventure future. hour of Doc Brown. Last time. <laughs> one day he was transformed into a mad scientist with superpowers. How's he the, getting uh, out of this one? In, uh, in, in Doc Brown Adventures, we had uh, the uh, ineffable, or 
in, inevitable, Infragable. infallible um, Dan Castellaneto yeah. for the role of Doc Brown, mm-hmm. and because it wasn't a it wasn't a setting which warranted a goofy character. It didn't work, even though the voice actor was so good. That's right. And I'm not sure how it would have transpired over to Teen Titans Go. I think I have so much uh, malice for that show already that it's hard to judge. <laughs> yeah. I'm, anyway. I'm, the next next up on our uh, team roster. Next up, next up in our 17 Magazine rundown is uh, Raven. Mm-hmm. whose name is Raven, and it, that tells you everything you need to know about her. She's got but Raven if, powers. She's mm-hmm. emo. Um, yeah. They're very poorly defined powers. N- they're they're more context-sensitive than almost anything else Yeah, in, and, in the entire show. And I think here they removed a lot of personality from the comics because she, she's, How old was she's she much in more the comics? Just, just straight-up emo in this. In the comics, she was an empath. Literally, and the reason that she, you know, didn't get emotional is because, you know, she couldn't stop herself her from feeling super strong. Yeah, yeah, and that makes some sense, but we don't ever see it in the show, or we very rarely see it in the show. Yeah, I mean, she loses and, control of her powers in the show. She, um, you know, has to deal. I mean, with they these, have Tara for that, so she has to not... deal with these inner demons, and you know. Um, you know, they go into her mind, they go into her, she goes into her own, you know, mental traumas, but overall yeah. she's a bit she's more... She's scion of darkness, yeah. yada, yada, she, yada. She's a bit more one note, and like, by the end of the episode, if she smiles, you take that as a victory. I'm I'm just usually tired to see her talk. It's just, <laughs> it gets in the way of, like, Cyborg and Beast Boy being goofy. And she is sarcastic, uh, to them especially, but it, it's, it doesn't really fit in this show, the sarcasm. It, it also feels with everything it, else also, so surface level hitting you over the head. The sarcasm feels forced. It's maybe maybe a little bit. I think she also just kind of doesn't fit the half goofy aesthetic because it can usually. Well, you know, I I actually take that back. She she can fit into a goofy situation sometimes, but it's always about um it's always about how the other Teen Titans like oh are you feeling okay you're doing nice stuff <laughs> right you know there's not a lot she, there's not a lot of direction you can go with that. Yeah, and it's not that I fault the character. It's just it's just that there's not much to say about her in this team dynamic. She's the dark brooding one. She's the one who doesn't seem like she's actually your friend. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, they also played up more the relationship between her and Beast Boy. Yeah, so let's talk about Beast Boy. Beast Boy um, is a you know a very good adaptation from the comics, and I actually I liked him a lot in the comics, but it. It, it went more into detail. Here, he's very, you know, he's driven. He's the goofy guy, but when the chips are down, he'll do it. In the comics, he's like, the reason he jokes is because he desperately seeks approval and just cannot yeah. get it because he's such a goofball. And him, much like everybody else who's p- depicted in the show, it does get textured that way in the show, but not enough so that you can really see all the facets of that of that backstory. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it gets a little bit abstractivized. It gets kind of distilled into its base form, which is he's funny until he's angry. Um, and in that way, he just epitomizes every beta in high school, which which took a little bit of the fire out of the, out of my liking liking this character. In addition, the times when he does get serious, usually he immediately turns into you know another animal. So you don't really see the serious side of him per se. There are occasions where you do, and it's it's, it's so it's good. Pretty, it's pretty cool. It's great. <laughs> like he can cut 
like a remark better than anybody. <laughs> yeah, he's got quite the stare, and w- the voice actor is especially good at conveying when he's being serious yeah, this, because that's such that's such a gulf between how he usually is and when he's serious. This voice actor, uh, Greg Sipes, is the current Michelangelo in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I don't really like Teenage Mutant, but if he's in it, maybe I'll give it a shot. Um, and Raven, by the way, is Tara Strong, who's in everything. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, Pre- uh, president president of Cartoon Land. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm glad that they brought back the show for the fifth season, because Beast Boy's character arc in that is, I think, really strong. Yeah, um, he gets very, very heavily developed in that. Um, the other time he gets pretty heavily developed in is with his relationship with Tara, um, which it happens, in, I think, in the second season. Yeah. And audience, it's it's weird that we are referencing specific seasons and that we seem to know a lot about the show. We we both kind of felt the need to look at the major plot things because they do resonate with you years down the line. Like, I remember a ton of stuff. Yeah, and, you know, we might as well just give effusive praise for this show right now. This this show is fantastic. Like, this is a great cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they, the, the, the serious stories do stick with you, and I found that I was looking for the stories which said a lot about the characters as opposed to the ones where they're just kind of fighting some villain i don't care like i didn't watch mad mod or control oh i loved mad mod i went out of my way for the really goofy ones Um, but the mid-level goofy ones with the like dude's head is a spider like i didn't bother with that (laughs) (laughs) okay that what i love (laughs) dude's head is a spider oh my god dude where's my car sequel dude's head is a spider Uh, I want to talk about the other villains really quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brother Blood is one that I like a lot because in contrast to Slade, he actually has like his own, like, he's like the headmaster of the Hive Academy, so he's got like this whole school of budding young villains. Yeah, he's got a broader charisma. Mm-hmm. Also, he is voiced by Dr. Draken. <laughs> yeah, this is so good. He's and He finally made it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> he finally made it to the big leagues. <laughs> I want to see him just like, like you know, Start take rapping. a tear from his eye with one finger and just be like, "I'm so proud of these little nitwits." <laughs> um, you have the brother, the, the brotherhood of evil, which you've talked about previously. Which honestly, you're kind of only going to get anything from that story arc if you've already read the comics. Absolutely, there are a ton of episodes in that season where just the Teen Titans don't show up at all. Um, I love how dumb the brotherhood of evil name is. Right. (laughs) It's that whole you might be a villain thing. Like, how do they not know that they're villains? Like, no one thinks that they're the villain. No one calls themselves the evil guy. Well, the the brain knows he's a villain, but I think the 40 or so villains that are following him, somebody should have raised a red flag. Like, do we want... Like, this is bad PR. (laughs) Control Freak is like, yeah, they probably have it coming. Quiet, Dr. Light. It's probably fine. (laughs) Uh, Um, And that is... There's Trigon. Yep, there's Trigon. Then that's the I don't. Thing. Lo- I don't love Trigon. I don't love thing. Trigon. Actually, I think a lot of these villains are just in it for evil. Like, there's not a a big like well, Trigon specifically I'm doing is so- the incarnation of all things evil. Yeah, he's the devil. But a lot of them what are the just fuck? like you know, it, it's not. Oh, you know, I need to steal to you know pay for my sister's operation, or I'm getting revenge. <laughs> I'm getting revenge on so heroes because they failed to save whatever. It's well, like, Slade's kind of like I want to rule this city specifically, the one where That's all the true. heroes live. <laughs> well, you have to prove that. Well, Slade has to prove that he's better than Robin. Brother Blood has to prove that he's better than Cyborg. Brotherhood of Evil has to prove that he's better than Beast Boy. It's like a running theme. 
Um, I uh, how do you feel about Trigon as a representation of the devil, though? Um, I didn't feel a particular need to watch a lot of his uh, stuff, but he's like the worst. He's like the worst devil ever. He's like, like I would have preferred Devil Flanders. He's like halfway to Cthulhu, honestly. Yeah, no, he's, he's just this so formless rage. Cthulhu. Yeah, it's just rage. It's it's not a noble power. It's just it's just I'm a mad guy and I'm real big and there's some fire theme I, uh, behind me. I watched the Devil Flanders episode today. <laughs> really? Yeah, that can be arranged. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sweet and tasty. <laughs> I can't wait to see that one again. Uh, um, Devil Flanders. So uh, I have a question just kind of uh, setting-wise, mm. which is um, who funds the Teen Titans? What's I w- going on in Titanville? I want to say Batman, although I do remember... That's what they do in Young Justice. I remember something in the comics about um, Beast Boy's dad being a super billionaire. No, that doesn't seem correct. No, it's like adopted dad <laughs> who's maybe in the Doom Patrol. It, it was yeah, hard to that's tell. That's the other thing. Are all the Teen Titans orphans? One, two, three, four, go. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's the number. Have you been four, waiting? Right? <laughs> no, like they're all orphans. Why? I guess is that a thing from the comics that they necessarily have to have no familial ties because it's not the case in Young Justice. I think they took out the ones with familial ties in this they had show. Supergirl. They had uh, Red Devil. They had. I don't remember the Teen Titans in general. Um. You had Donna Troy. What the fuck is Donna Troy? She was Wonder Woman's associate, Wonder Girl, and then she's just like, I'm going to go by my own name. All right. And that's, I'm super, it's like a Jean Grey, but nobody cared. The reason that she wasn't in this show. <laughs> I didn't care about Jean Grey. I don't like Jean Grey to be. The reason that Zane. she wasn't in this show. I'm willing to take a stand for this. Thanks, Ben. Zane, we're talking about X-Men now. So, Strap it. the X-Men. So we got Magneto. <laughs> he's Jewish and he's pissed about it. <laughs> That's not what he's pissed about. Oh, yes, it is, Zane. The reason that Wonder Girl wasn't in this incarnation of the Teen Titans is because there's a legal issue, or there was at the time, that got cleared up before Young Justice, where if if Wonder Woman is in a show, she has to be the star of the show. What? Yeah. How is that even a thing? I, I don't know. It was some sort of legal thing. How does feminism even does? <laughs> I don't even get... I don't get it. I don't get how that's a legal thing. Is it sort of like a... Uh, nope, I don't get it. Moving on. <laughs> I'll look it up later. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do you say we talk about the tone of this show? Sure. All right. Uh, like, um, like you said, it does serious drama very well, and it does silly comedy very well. Yeah, but never at the same time. Never the twain shall meet. You know that thing that happens where everyone's fighting someone, and they're equally matched? So they switch opponents or, like, they team up to win the fight? Hap- it's weird that the villains never think about that. It happens so much, and it's great. <laughs> I love it. Because you get well, to see all these permutations of places and heroes and villains. It's like a, it's like Sentinels of the Multiverse. I kind of dislike... By the way, Sentinels of the Multiverse, uh, on a car ride back from uh, one of my friend's weddings, um, we didn't have any, like, car games to do, so we all posited our own heroes. <laughs> um, so Marks was Mew. He was, like, a friction control guy oh, and he nice. would either like speed up or slow down his old meta- own metabolism for shit nice um there was teaspoon you could like make cakes out of several ingredients <laughs> that is in our deck and then feed them to the other heroes like a support character what does that mean U- ulysses was raccoon man because <laughs> because he's 
He, he's a straight shooter, that because one. Because he doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> uh, I went with Penumbra, who is like a shadow dancer, essentially. Nice. Can jump through shadows. Shadow um, jumping. Shadow jump. Shadow did, jump Did city. you tend to prefer the dark episodes rather than the comedic ones, then? Um, Unless they were cyborg-centric, yes. <laughs> the cyborg-centric comedi- comedic episodes are, are so fucking good. Zane. Cyborg adds a lot to anything. Yeah, he really does. Cyborg the Barbarian was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, yeah, I think I do like the serious ones more than the goofy ones. Um, they're in the Trigon arc. They they the melodrama hit like was just like laid on so thick that I just couldn't stomach it. Right. It was like it's the end of the world. Tune in next time next week for more of the end of the Same world episode. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, not not just that it lasted a long time, but it was just saying the th- same thing for a while, which is hope is probably good. <laughs> and it just, I, I just got fed up with it pretty quickly. Yeah, like you know, not only that they're going to get out of it, but how they're going to get out of it. They're gonna they're gonna try really hard. They're gonna try really hard. They're gonna remember the power of friendship. Uh, Robin will remember what Batman stands for. Beast Boy will think about how he's also a man and not just an animal. Cyborg will remember that he's also a man and not just a robot. <laughs> It's, it's like it's it's very easy to pick figure out what the, what the plots are about for this. Uh, the, um, I wanted to say something about the seriousness of this of this show, which mm-hmm. is that because I've seen so much TV, um, all the seriousness uh, solutions, all the serious solutions to arcs are all very obvious. Like it's always going to be you can count on your friends or trust given has to uh, trust to receive trust. You have to give trust as well. There's, you know something sappy. Right. Something like in the end of life with Louis is what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few shows I've been watching recently. Uh, they're starting to kind of go postmodern with this whole serious moral of the story thing. Okay. Um, I guess they're not just starting to, but they're starting to get really good at well, what, it. What do you mean exactly? So, you know, Rick and Morty and Bojack Horseman are both really good at this, mm-hmm. where they'll like gear up to go to some sort of moral you can kind of see how it's going to get there oh that's right and then it'll just completely ignore the supposed moral into what actually happens (laughs) and it's nihilism well pretty much (laughs) like i remember the one episode of like bojack horseman which you should watch if you yeah i know it's on the list (laughs) it's it's very good david and i steamrolled like 12 episodes while he was here jeez (laughs) but uh there's this one episode where one of the characters goes back to her hometown like, goes from L.A. to go visit her hometown in, like, New Jersey. And uh, they all make fun of her and, you know, just kind of berate her while she's there. Mm-hmm. And she asks at the end of the show, like, uh, but am I just wasting my time on them? Um, and Bojack is just like, of course you are. And she's like, that's not what you're supposed to say. And he's like, come on, family is a sinkhole. Why do you even come back here? And they just talk about it the rest of the, rest of the episode is all about them talking about how sometimes it's good to move away from your stupid family if you don't, if you don't get along with them. I'm really curious to see what the next generation of kids raised on this sort of subverting morals shows are like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I expect they'll have a... A wider appreciation for like uh for a moral crisis like i don't know about you but i, I i'm feeling know. 22 <laughs> how, <laughs> how, how do you want to end this sentence ben i i i, I didn't quite get there <laughs> talk talk about something else then um the bees great um i i will say though that even though the for for the most part, um, the ham-fisted morality is 
somewhat assuaged because there's so many high points to this show and it moves fast enough that you don't really get bogged down in the in 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 what the show is trying to teach you the plot and the characters are dynamic and deep enough that you can kind of focus on that and every so often there's some fighting right so if we're if we're watching cyborg beat himself up about failing again it's it's usually in a new enough situation that it's worth seeing and they sell it like the the voice actors really sell that sort of desperation even if we've seen it a hundred times voice acting in in this is probably the best we have we have seen thus far. oh they're all they're all really great yeah it's not like somebody steals the spot like they're all and even the one-off characters are like serious talent and voice acting I was gonna say the uh, I was gonna say the villains are, but are you sure about the one-off characters? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. They're all like people who have done superheroes and other things. I think Aqualad was Will Wheaton, randomly. Oh no, I I super saw that. That was weird. Um, yeah, but they just they're everywhere, man. I mean, think about it. If if you were a voice actor, wouldn't you want to be on Teen Titans? Um, I kind of would accept any reason to be on Teen Titans, but. I mean, I already love it a lot. <laughs> I'm, one, I'm wondering how much uh, how much pull the producers had to get ex- excellent voice talent, or if it was just kind of, you know, the planets aligned and we created a great show. You know, the we, we've been we've mentioned its its high points a lot. Who who do you think this is really aimed at? Because a, a lot of people that I know say, oh, this one's way better than school. than the Teen Titans Go crowd. You think high school? Uh, Teen Titans Go is is certainly uh, is certainly a younger crowd. Yeah, I don't think there's any. No, there's, I don't think there's there's any. I, I think high school is a good place to point because it's very much you know you can you can tune in so it's very accessible. But to really get it, you kind of have to do a you know ooh let's see what tomorrow's episode is as well. What do you mean? You know it it's like didn't you used to come home from high school and it's like oh three thirty it's time to watch whatever the, my <laughs> thing to watch at three thirty is weekenders <laughs> the, go right into tool time and then the I'll Drew Carey fall show. asleep so early <laughs> 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 you realize the show wasn't called tool time of course it was I feel the need to tell you this many many occasions <laughs> yeah, it's tool time we we all know what it's about Tim Allen's tool time. <sighs> Um, speaking of yeah. sound effects, you, you want to talk about the music and sound? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, I I have it. Like th- this is not something. This is something new that I've noticed this time around. Was that I don't think I heard one atmospheric music track repeated. Really, I I think maybe there was one. There was one that got repeated, which was like this, like kind of twangy surf rocking tune that <laughs> like for like regular battles at the beginning of episodes yes yes. but beyond that i i feel like i always heard a unique score for like a, a climactic battle it's frequently a brooding dark number but yeah but it's not the same brooding dark number and again this is another part where the the light dark dichotomy of episodes comes in because Sometimes you get these really nice musical numbers in the comedic ones where they're just they're just. I think that's I think that's perhaps singing. why I, I why I why I went past them. Was there actually good musical numbers in any of them? I don't think you would enjoy them, but I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what were some of them? The Amazing Mumbo had a like a Broadway oh, style thing. You know, and I did like the Amazing Mumbo. <laughs> um, Mad Mod had this sort of like Beatles esque Japanese tribute song. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very into Mad Mod. Oh, Benny, so good. Why? Why do you think that? I don't know. <laughs> I thought the surf rocky and the grungy guitar thing, the likes of which we haven't seen since 
the wildly inconsistent a scanner darkly <laughs> was a weird choice for the action for the action themes oh absolutely and and but i think it fit with like a action comic book sort of uh sort of dynamic it's very easy to tune up or tune down based on how intense the scene is so you can flow pretty well like i you know yeah you, if there's any tension it'll just go to like one of those like high violin notes for high violin notes for a minute and then it'll just like segue back out exactly you know i didn't super easy i didn't pay specific attention to those uh, uh musical things but they they definitely they definitely draw you in how do you think this uh show would have been if you know how in the intro they all have like their own associated color motifs. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think the show would have been if they stuck with that for the show, like in a uh, in a Shaolin Showdown esque manner, where they're like they had their own in, like uh, uh, elemental motifs? What if they also had? What if these guys had their own color motifs? I don't know if it would have added that much. I think they could have done more with the late motifs, but. I, I don't think... Did they have late motifs? They, there was definitely a specific feeling to a cyborg scene. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's just because there's a bunch of, like, robot parts shooting out of him. <laughs> that's fair. And him losing his shit. Uh, oh, yeah, baby! Back in the lead! Oh, shit! There, there, uh, there were definitely differences. I wouldn't say that there were actual melodies associated with them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I I guess so. Like, I don't know. There's got there's like a lot of overlap for the different characters though, because they all kind of take turns brooding for a while. <laughs> so you can, you can fit a Raven brood into a Robin brood scene, and it's not that difficult. I wouldn't have minded if all the like Beast Boy brooding scenes had like jungle drums though. Ooh, yeah, that would been kind of cool. Or like a uh, cyborg could have had like a techno. Yeah, like, like a, a dubstep. And, in, yeah, exactly. and, then, when, and then, we, then when it goes from brooding to action, the beat drops. Yes. <laughs> yes. So cool. Zane, uh, how would you feel about a uh, a lighthearted, uh, uh, like, like an odd couple pairing of Starfire and Cyborg show? And it's just them in high school. That's all it is. I don't want high school. I do want a domestic sitcom. <laughs> like they're just like friends who everyone thinks are together but there's like so totally not like that no and they happen to live in the same place but oh no cyborg lost his job and he's like <laughs> just he's jacking into the house um <laughs> and and as it so happens this is uh starfire's monthly uh naked moon dance and uh, he, he climbs in the window just as the lights turn on to and oh what fun they had what what a delightful misunderstanding, Zane. <laughs> you know how all the like kid shows say like, "Oh, imagination! It's the greatest thing." You should really just let it roam wild. I think maybe maybe we, we probably like lay off the throttle a little we, bit. We should stop watching those cartoons because <laughs> at this age, we imagination is not good. Too hard. No, it's it's really getting in our way. Um, the theme song of the show itself, as we mentioned it, it's. It's the grungy guitars that they sometimes use in the in the um, in the fight scenes, yeah, actually. And it's a weird combination of that grunge guitar and twelve bar blues, plus some electronic. And well, and squeaky voice and squeaky voice, yeah. So the theme was performed by Puffy Yumi, which the Japanese pop band that got their own animated series somehow. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, did you look up the translation of the Japanese lyrics? 
Didn't they used to do a bunch? No, I didn't. But didn't they used to do a bunch of uh, a bunch of music videos for like Dexter's Lab mm-hmm. and for Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that? Oh yeah. the 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 Japanese version, you know, which prefaces a particularly comedic episode, has very like silly mod. has very silly lyrics um, or mother may. <clears throat> so let let me read you a verse of the translated Japanese. I can't wait. Today we'll uphold traffic laws, Teen Titans. We'll eat anything without preference, Teen Titans. Earth, what? Earthquakes, thunder, fire, dad, language arts, arithmetic, science, social studies. We're not afraid of anything. Dad? <laughs> yeah, dad's in there. I think Robin threw that lyric in. <laughs> I hate my dad. <laughs> my dad never loved me. I'm going to go work for this murder robot for a couple episodes. Well, I am only pretending to work for him so I can work for some other murder robot for real. God, there were a lot of murder, murder robots in this show. <laughs> that's what that's what they do. Hi. Um so uh just a different thing about music and sound is uh they do have one late motif which I think is very strong. Mhm. Which is Tara's theme song. Yes, the sort of wind in the whistles, very airy, triumphant nature sound. I don't know what you mean by wind in the whistles, but yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Jingly bells me... and woodwinds, and then there's like the thump, thump, thump. You'll, 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 you'll cut it in, <laughs> and everyone will be like, oh, God, I'm so sad suddenly, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh, Zane couldn't describe this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Zane really fucked the dog this time. <laughs> I like the way you smile at me, baby. <laughs> That's not what that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tara's theme gives me such, it, it was like, it's like Arnold's parents' music. Mm-hmm. It just it just makes me feel sad all over in a really satisfying way. The thing that I liked about Terra's arc is that it showed you, you know, all of the Teen Titans have the first part of the arc where something mm-hmm. goes wrong. They can't emotionally deal with it because they're teenagers around other teenagers with unlimited power. Mm-hmm. But Terra raises the stakes and shows, oh, no, you can fail at this. Yeah, there's a right way and a wrong way. You can't just be like well-intentioned and it'll be okay yeah you, um, you, exactly you, you, there, there has to be yeah there has to be some moderation of this absurd amount of power you've been given and that's why i really like the interactions between robin and tara because they're very like self like robin's seen firsthand um and, and has been had this idea imprinted upon him of how dangerous it is to have a lot of power yeah and he has been specifically trained and he and so he, you know, emulates that training with Tara on how to push somebody without breaking them. Dude, do you ever see Robin doing like the like back and forth jogging in place Bruce Lee style and then he'll like thumb across his nose <laughs> and he'll be like, Wah <laughs> It's super out of place. Robin does a lot of weird kung fu stuff. <laughs> I love it whenever they break character for their other sillier character inside of them. I love it's it when they just so change animation entirely to get the point across. Let's let's talk about the animation for a minute then, um, they, because sometimes they do jump into Teen Titan Go esque chibi animation. Yeah, well the the animation itself is styled after anime in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, you get those lines mm-hmm. showing motion during battle sequences. You get this. You get that chibification. Also, also, uh, also, they're kind of set into panels sometimes, as though they are in comic books. Right. Sometimes they're like imagined spots that are totally like like a comic book would do. Which even the it's great. even the front theme, even the intro is set like a comic book, and it's great because it means that the animators really thought about 
you know, the strength of the comic book medium where these characters came from and used it when it was more appropriate. Oh, totally. And, and specifically with the chibi aesthetic, I think that was really more of a, like, a seriousness regulator than anything else. It can really improve the emotional clarity of a scene because it makes it more abstract. You can get a more pure sense of what could be a complex emotion. Well, more than, like, I, I was thinking of an even more direct route, which is just, like, if things are getting too serious before they're supposed to get too serious, they'll chibi it up just to make sure that we're not blowing our, you know emotional load <laughs> gross like like in the in the first episode uh robin and cyborg are like fighting about how like you're you're such a jerk no i am i've i was sort of like batman once and everybody else is sort of crying all chibi like in the corner and it's sort of a i'm picturing it, sort of, it exactly <laughs> it, it, it's telling you like uh, like this is a fight but it's like not a real fight <laughs> so don't worry yeah, too during hard about during it. the fighting climax they don't use this um, exactly. Which is good because it would completely throw off my spatial awareness of this environment. Like, imagine if at the end of any story arc, um, they just start going chibi when they're celebrating. It, it wouldn't really function well. It's their version of a freeze frame high five. Yeah, exactly. Which is funny when you reference it early on, but like you, you really can't <laughs> dismount it from it with like a, the, the conclusion of a huge story arc where everybody went to hell. Right. It'd be super weird. It'd be super weird if they did that. <laughs> uh, what did you think about the sound effects mm, i didn't really notice them too much you mean just the general like if if they're looking at starfire when she does something weird it does that twang is that what you mean or do you mean like thud whack well i mean they, they have the regular like uh like slapstick or like laser sci-fi fantasy sound effects yeah these and these those, are old hat are by this very... point they they know what they're doing they're they're very appropriate for the scene but I like it whenever, like, a character emotes and, like, the chibi aesthetic kind of blends with the... like. Oh, like and, if their eyebrow and the, wavers and you can hear the yeah. sort of tension in a rubber band? Yeah, exactly. Like, the not-quite-actually-a-sound-effect sound effects that accompany the not-quite-facial-feature yeah, facial the, features. The, the Zorak blink. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it, the Zorak blink? Exactly. It's exactly the Zorak, Zorak blink. Or, like, a... Like, Eddie opens his eyes, and there's dollar signs, and it makes a ka-ching sound. Yeah, it really adds to the... They're great at portraying these emotions, even if they do recycle them frequently. Well, I found it good that they're port they're good at portraying silliness when they need to not be serious. Like, I I think that it, the, the show gets a lot of points for knowing what it's trying to do when it's trying to do it. I would agree. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't do, do shotgun approach on your emotions. No, nope. it knows it's... it's like it, you it knows you what it is when it's when it's that. You said it best. I said it best. I said it the rest. I'm gonna say it on a test. <laughs> I uh, m uh, my friend Mark was saying, and I know it's always about Mark, but he just says a lot of stuff that I feel is ne is necessary to remember until I get to podcasting time. Okay. He said he wanted to he he wanted to open up a deli shop, and uh, the title for it would be Best Worst in Town. <laughs> what is that? Oh God, I get it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's pretty good. It, it's it's good, but it's like not as good as everybody. It, like it's not as good as would would warrant telling someone else about it. What was David's idea for a place? Flashjacks. <laughs> what is flashjacks? It's like a combination pancake bar and uh, gay strip club with a small <laughs> yet very loyal clientele. Small and very. I love the phrase "small yet very loyal." Clientele. That's how he described it. It's a it's a signifier that this is a weird thing that only a few people are gonna get. But they really always, like it. That's always aces. 
Yep. Um. Okay. What What else do we have, Zane? I don't know. Like, I spent so much time watching this, but it wasn't because I needed more things to say about it. It's just I really wanted to watch it and remember the best parts of it. I I agree, which is why I didn't really get much out of watching it again. Like, I just I know these stories too well, and I think that's why we should like avoid doing things we know super well in the future for the most part. It made me really want to go back and read the comics. Yeah, I wouldn't mind watch, reading the comics for the first time either. Uh, but there were a couple things that stood out at me about the animation okay. that um, that I wanted to touch on because I thought it was very jarring. Shoot. So um, I have a huge gripe Ew. about <laughs> just the biggest. <laughs> Get that checked, bro. <laughs> no, no, it's like it's, it's it's shrinking now, but it's it's still pretty pustulant. <laughs> the the huge gripe I have is that unless the episode is about that character, um, everybody is terrible at combat. <laughs> yes. Just just terrible. Like, Cinder-, Cinder Block can beat all of them unless it, the episode is about one of them or they remember the power of friendship. And they, they sort of make it work because it's generally like, oh, it's the first time you fought this villain. You don't know exactly how to deal with them. And then if you have to fight them again, oh, no, they've become more powerful or there's no, a twist. that's so cheap, though, because they, they, they fight Plasmus and, and Cinderblock like eight times, and they never have an easy time with him, even though all you have to do is send Raven's spirit bird into Plasmus to knock him out. It does get a little weird in the final episodes where, like, the team of, like, five ragtag heroes, just like the dregs, take on yeah. an army. <laughs> just take on an army. It, it it actually makes absolutely no sense. It's the conservation of ninjutsu, right? That's right. Like, yeah, the, the the fewer are the more powerful. And it's a concession that you have to make for the genre. Like I was stating earlier with the, the fact that it's a superhero genre. Once you can get past that, you can it, only fine. have so much. Yeah, but you do have to get past it. And that is somewhat of a weakness. Yeah, I would agree. It's also just very formulaic how they get their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. Like, fast forward to, like, Beast Boy charging at something early in an episode what happens uh they slap him and he turns into something lighter yep and then hits one of his teammates yep. <laughs> on the way back possibly raven or starfire because they wouldn't get taken out but if he does it later in the episode he just bowls right through them yeah once he gets upset once he gets sufficiently but not overwhelmingly angry yes. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it <laughs> another gripe i have is that they just spend way too much time in the tower or in the villain's lair or in some other dimension. Yeah, like like I said, there's no there's no people. city. I don't know what Jump City looks like. Even they 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 in the very last episode, they come back and they walk around and they're like, "Oh man, everything looks different." I'm like, I can't tell. Are you sure you haven't Have established you ever been here before? Any of what street? This? Beast Boy, what street are you on? Go 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 go. He doesn't know. He doesn't. Yeah. Johnny Rancid doesn't know. But that's what I'm saying. Johnny doesn't know. It's they're not fighting for anything. They're just fighting because they're heroes and there's villains. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Like, why do they not have like funding or interact with any adults in the DC universe? Yeah, it, it's just it is assumed, the spotlight is focused. It is assumed that you know enough about comics to accept these things ahead of time. I, I wonder if that is. Um, I wonder if that was specifically avoided in Young Justice, like the, the this whole solipsistic outlook where only they exist and only things that directly relate to them exist. And I would like, say... The world building is not necessary, apparently. And I would say, like, oh, it's a consideration so they don't have to hire a ton of voice actors. But then they have a ton of bit characters. No, so. no they have so many voice <laughs> actors, and they're so good, and they get paid too much money. Not too much. I, I take that back. <laughs> exactly but, the right amount. 
Exactly. They're Without not, knowing not how much that enough. is. <laughs> it's sufficiently but not overwhelming amount of money. Uh, they should be the right level of angry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is neither here nor there. Um, Great. I like that segue. <laughs> but you, you, like, you mentioned like the idea of heroes being outside of... Um, you know, outside of of the world, outside of reality, in this in this way that you kind of need to to get into it. I'm just remembering okay. an old Legion of Superheroes comic where the they <laughs> where a, a tax man came up to them and was like, "You have too many people in this team to qualify as a charity under your current tax code. You gotta like, <laughs> you gotta fire a couple people, <laughs> and that's the issue." <laughs> no, don't fire the blacks. They give us the demographic. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. That it's really weird when superhero teams uh, interact with. Like, if they were, if they were running for president, it would be under the Republican name because they just are so out of touch with reality with with the common man. Superman ran for president once. Superman also refused to fight the Nazis once because he didn't pass his eye exam. Ex- explain. Oh yeah, he, he read because, the eye chart in the next he, room. He, he was signing up. He was like right next to Captain America. He's like, yeah, I bet you'll do fine. And then they call him into the doctor's office. They say, take off your pants, and they're like all freaked out about. Well, he's got like three dicks. He's like, I don't know, kryptonite. No, no. And then he looks at, and then he looks at the eye exam, and they're like, read the eye, ex- read the eye chart, and he accidentally, because I guess he ate some mushrooms earlier. Reads the chart in the next room with his X-ray vision, that and for some happened. reason they are not standardized eye charts. <laughs> so he fails the eye exam, and then says, "Well, I guess I wasn't meant to kill Hitler immediately." That End scene. Happens. High five, freeze frame. All of them do the chibi dance. Um, it's weird. The chibi- thanks, Dad. Thanks for that information, Dad. I'm so glad I have that for the rest of my it's life. It's weird that the chibi works really well in the main episodes, and then in Teen Titans Go, where it's all chibi, it's just not engaging at all. What do you mean? The Teen Titans Go, the the spinoff series. It's like that. Like the animation is constantly chibified. Yeah, like I I appreciate the. They look like bobbleheads. I appreciate. Oh, they they they're they're Laura harooning their asses all over the place. <laughs> The uh, I like the dynamic range that you get when they're chibi some of the time, and then you know brooding on a rooftop with l- lightning in the background, sing- sta- stalking, talking about their father half the time. Like I like that dynamic range, mm-hmm. but uh, I can't really focus on one half of it too much. Like I was saying with the Trigon arc, it's just too much. Yeah, it's just too much serious and too much trying to get me feel serious things. Like I don't, it's pandering almost. And I, I think it's the same way with uh, Teen Titans Go, but in the opposite direction. I have a uh, comment on that, actually. Oh, yeah? It's, it doesn't go into a, the much, as much depth as you say, but right. um, <laughs> Dimitri says that uh, the first version of the show was way better than the current one, which is such a delightful understatement. Yeah, no, th- th- I mean, I- I'm glad that it's understood among other people <laughs> that that is the case. This is the broadest consensus the, uh... about a TV show I've ever seen, honestly. <laughs> Also, I, I I hesitate to say that it was because Dimitri was a Teen Titan because that's a superhero name. Oh but, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think that everybody I've talked to prefers this version. Although I have heard of people recently whom are my age who prefer Teen Titans Go. Is that a or not prefer, but they they very much enjoy it. Is that a Brony sort of thing? I don't think so. Like, I mean, I I kind of in, I I enjoy episodes of My Little Pony. I do not enjoy Teen Titans Go. Fair enough. Like, I, I don't know how they're different, but they are just from 
visceral from, from my visceral reactions to both. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- uh, did you get any uh, comments on this one? Um, my friend Amy from Boston said that Raven was always her favorite Titan. And then I asked her to expand upon it, and she either didn't get that message in time or pointedly couldn't figure out why. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I choose to believe the second. Uh, honestly, I think it's just because, like, when you see him at an early age and you're like, I've got issues, she's the one who clearly has issues. In the same way that you're like, I don't understand girls. Beast Boy has trouble with girls and is kind of a wuss sometimes and likes being humorous but also likes being kind of angsty. It's like this character knows me. <laughs> well, that was the goal. They wanted abstract characters that somebody could relate to. They have the archetypes. I think that's, I think that's why I like uh, Cyborg so much is because he's not really appealing to anyone. <laughs> I mean, like, he he gets one of the smaller chunks of the pie, as far as that's concerned. So I don't feel pandered to when I'm watching him kind of be upset. He wasn't designed with the audience in mind. No, no. He he wasn't even, like, designed with a low profile in mind. He's got (laughs) big circuit lines. Like, they didn't even give him, like, metal... They didn't even give him any, like, casing. They could have made him look human. It wouldn't have been hard. Like, uh, like, Therok? Why not? My favorite Titan, of course, is Jericho. Jericho is weird as hell. He's Bob Ross. If somebody, well, if you want to say something, just paint it. And they just took his voice away. Yeah. It's just Bob Ross. I like him. Why do you like him so much? Just look at him. He's adorable. Zane, who is your favorite villain in this? Not the main ones. Um, uh... Mad Mod? I don't know. Um, I, think I, like, I think I like Gizmo. Oh, Why? <laughs> Because try to like think of anything that he says. He he makes up these non swears that are just really delightful in their variety. You snarf blotter. Yeah, snarf blotter, crumb bunch and mark <laughs> like, I don't know what that is, but it's very inventive. It's funny. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those auto generating like swear word things. Yeah, no, he's 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 just he's delightful when I see him. Uh, favorite villain, I liked uh, I liked Warp in that one where. He sent Starfire to the future. Yeah, the bad future episode. I think that's almost codifying because, the bad because future episode. He wasn't a villain. You know, so many of these villains are just in it because they want to be cool or evil. But Wolf, no, he was Wolf he was, was a like, villain ontologically necessary yeah, for the he's timeline. Like, Look, history says this disappeared. It says that I stole it. That's why. What's I'm a here. brother to do? Do not fight me. <laughs> Did you just quit? Come on, dude. You must know how time works by now. Look at your costume and powers. Yep. Yeah. No, he's 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 better than most. I also like the uh, that one villain who's basically just trying to be a martial arts master, but he sucks at it too bad, so he gets Robin to go train, <laughs> and then just follows him up that mountain. He's like. Yeah, this seemed easier. <laughs> I mean, he's not trying to do anything except for being a better martial artist. Anyway, um, I think that's all we have. Yeah. For the most part. I actually thought that it would last longer than it did. I think, but I think we I hit guess, the major points. I, like, I think we know every... I think we're just super aware of what we like about this show and don't have much to say. We, we recommend about. watching this, absolutely, because they do know what they're doing, but it is very formulaic. Yes. Well, well said. Um, how do you think that uh, Young Justice stands up in terms of likability and formula? I didn't go back and watch any Young Justice. I remember cringing at some of the earlier episodes, but really digging the second season. I, I felt the opposite way, actually. Really? Yeah, I didn't like the second season very much. It got so complex and gimmicky, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we, we're 
birds are very different feathers. The convolutions, Ben. They they folded <laughs> back on themselves. Um, I I think that uh, Young Justice actually has like a wider berth, but that kind of works to its detriment in some ways, just because I don't care about the characters as much. I think they did the broad drama a bit better, but I think they couldn't handle comedy in the same way. It was, or, it was a lot more angsty. They, they also couldn't handle character development in the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Except for Wally. But Wally's a very special case. If you're gonna, in, in many ways. If you're going to watch Teen Titans, go look up like a best episode list. Yeah. Find the funniest, find the most dramatic. Like the last few episodes of any given season, I would say, you know, if you like look up a summary for the season and then just jump on in, you'll, you won't be, you know, you won't be too lost. Gen- generally, if you look down the episode list and find like one word titles, those are pretty good. <laughs> like stranded or haunted. You're pretty good there. That's actually a very good way of navigating the show. I w- yeah. yeah. Well, let's stop thinking about it before it quickly proves to be untrue. Um, Moving on. I do. I do have one more thing to say about the show, which is something that somebody uh, showed to me um, recently. I think it's actually from my Facebook page. Somebody was talking about the uh, was was talking about the shit. Hang on a sec. Oh man, Zane slipping through my fingers. Oh man! Oh man! People are boxing in the park. That's sweet. You want to? You want to me... focus? We want to get through this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, hang on a minute. I don't have a cover photo yet. <laughs> ben, can you like focus? Can I? Should I just start reading the the outro? <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> I'm gonna get there. I don't even remember what um, your lead-in was. <laughs> Uh, I was trying to look at my Facebook for something that I was saying. Oh, I can click my name, and then we're... Yes. Okay, so um, somebody... Uh, okay, so oh. my, friend, my, friend, my, <laughs> my friend Danny uh, asked Danny if the Phantom? following was... No, he's just 14. Uh, it's actually a girl, so she was just 14 when she was her own age, which is not 14. The, uh, she, she gave me a link... Uh, if you want to go to my Facebook page and look at the one that uh, that that it is, it it's Teen Titans cin- cinnamon roll meme. What? I will try to explain that, but it's it's kind of difficult. Um, it's just kind of a bunch of repeating gifs from the show. Um, each one is th- there's two per character. Okay. And they each have their own like subtitle for that image. So like on top it's Beast Boy on and it says looks like a cinnamon roll and has him as a cute little cat. And then on the right side, it's him blushing with a bunch of floaty hearts all around him. And it's like, is and is actually a cinnamon roll. Yes, I see this. You see it now? Yeah, well, I don't quite know what it's supposed to tell me. It, it's, it's like the uh, D&D alignment charts for, uh, for, oh, uh, okay. for Firefly. It's showing you like, like that. their relationship to hurting you and their relationship and, to cinnamon rolls. Or looking rolls. like they could. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And then at the end, it's uh, cyborg. cyborg. Look like they could kill you. And then the side is by feeding you too many cinnamon rolls. And he's holding up hot sauce, which makes me a little confused as to how this recipe <laughs> freeze <will> frame. work. <laughs> High five, freeze frame. Cool. <laughs> I, Listen, I like that, everyone, and I'm not sure why. Cyborg, I need to host a human party. What should I do? All right. <laughs> Just let, let, let the Psy Master take care of it for you. Uh, you want, you I want to watch this sitcom. We both know you wanted to watch Static Shock. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to tell me? Gonna be, be, gonna be, be, superhero. 
Static Shock and Cyborg would have some sweet dual attacks. Absolutely. You just you just power them up. Or like just uh I think what I like special for days. I think what I liked about Cyborg is that his powers were endlessly inventive but never like like you could understand them, you could follow them. Raven is just like, yeah, she can do whatever. Yeah, Cyborg could do in, whatever. Insert infernal powers. But here. it felt like it felt like he worked for it. That weirdly enough, I feel like that's true. <laughs> um, the weird thing about Cyborg is like which parts of him that are human really confuse me in terms of like what accident could possibly have happened to him that like took those parts away. Like why he has just a little ring of bicep. <laughs> Yep, he's got a little ring of bicep on each arm, and he's got half a face, and I think a torso. He's got... Although, it's sometimes it's hard to tell. Some chunk of torso. Yeah. Like, this is very perplexed. Like, Therok is split down the middle. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, he got... This is, this is... This is like, all right, we can rebuild him if we kill no more than 40% of his being. <laughs> and they don't care which 40% <laughs> it is. It's really strange. Yeah. You got, you got to imagine there's some organs in there, but I can't for the life of me figure out why they would keep those. <laughs> Cyborg. All right, man. I think we're good. Yeah. What? Uh, what are we gonna check out next time? I don't fucking know. Great. We next time <laughs> uh, we are going to have our Halloween episode, mm-hmm. and we're gonna watch the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror series. Oof! I cannot wait to talk about this specifically with our friend Dan Caves, who is coming out of retirement, his self-imposed retirement of not being invited on for a while. Do talk to us. I need to I need to spend a while parsing that sentence for meeting. <laughs> to to talk to us about the Treehouse of Horrors uh segments from The Simpsons which are alive and well today. Mhm. I think actually the newest one's coming out tonight. I think it actually just came I think it came out pretty recently. I think I saw it on uh, Watch Cartoon Online or oh, something. Sweet. Which we don't which we don't think that you should do. It's piracy. Although it's really not. It's just streaming. No one cares. And... <laughs> Eat it, internet. Eat it, government. And after you can't that... Get, um, you can't have my body, Jeb Bush. We're having our bootleg segment. <laughs> um, we're having our bootleg segment where we watch a movie, finally. Yeah, about time. Um, we've been putting it off, but Mom, I think you guys are going to be very pleased with what we've Mom decided Mom and Dad upon. recommended this. <laughs> yeah. Our parents just... I'm, like as always, I don't like doing movie segments that are slam dunk great. We don't I think know this anything one will about be fine. <laughs> we we I we literally decided to do it forty seconds ago. Wait, we literally we figuratively decided to do it forty seconds ago, like before we started recording. <laughs> yes, so literally forty seconds before we so started. So we were deciding to do. <laughs> we reserve the right to change this. <laughs> yeah, I was actually telling Zane before we uh, we started this that okay, I'll, let's say that we're going to do this, but we res- I reserve the right to change my mind because. Uh, we don't know anything about it other than the main character looks like a stripper. It and is like, the... there's like an evil bender that's all red. I don't understand this precisely, so but we're going to watch... It is the watch... 1977 film Wizards. Yeah, this is... Some sort of Dungeons and Dragons thing? This, this, this looks really interesting. I don't, I don't, like, <laughs> the animation this, looks really good and really bad. This clearly has a gun. I see it, I'm looking it up on Google Images, and it's leading me to, like, a gargoyle on a swastika. So I'm very interested in how this is going to play out. Excellent. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, let's keep that as our tentative plan right now, mm-hmm. and pretty soon we'll get back into regular cartoons. Oh, yes. Um, I've got a few that I'm really excited to do, so awesome. um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get ready for that. I think and we also might have a couple of different guests in the works. 
great. If my if my little birds are giving me the correct information and they're not just uh, green men like last time. And if you have any, any cartoon men in the works that you want to present to us <laughs> over As the internet, <laughs> I am a diplomat to the <laughs> green men. <laughs> we'll send For Beast Boy easy payments of nine ninety five. You can contact the Carton Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on Facebook. We should do these more regularly, Zane. <laughs> I, boy, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, find us. Track us yeah, down. Find us on... Train us to be your <laughs> martial arts protege. And when that doesn't uh-huh. work... Infect our friends with nanites if you really feel it's necessary. It'll probably work. Right. That, that sort of thing never backfires. No. Um, and tell your friends about the show. If something, something, I'll see you guys later. Ben and Zane, Cipodemos. <laughs> ben and Zane, Cipodemos. Yes, yes, we can. No, we shouldn't do. Have-